everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. No, how long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. <laughs> Seriously? Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 195th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss... All things Jurassic Park. I have another fun episode for you guys. This one is the Jurassic Mailbag for the month of July. It's it's July already. How I time moves too fast for me. And it moves incredibly fast for Jennifer Tarek, who is now Jennifer Evans. We congratulated her in last uh, week's episode. Her and Josh got married. And uh, you know what's funny is I think in this episode I actually say maybe Jennifer Tarek, if I remember correctly. So uh, at least in the recording, because we recorded it before she got married. Spoilers. Um, But, uh, you know, Jennifer Evans joins us for the first time to sift through the mailbag and get to the bottom of all of your thoughts and concerns while, as always, not answering a single one of them. So, stick around and uh, see what happens. Maybe we answer all your questions this week. Who knows? But, just in case you want to be a part of the next mailbag, you can call our voicemail line at 732-825-7763, email us audio files or questions to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, or you can, of course, head to our contact page at JurassicParkPodcast.com to fill out that contact form. Now, even though you have not heard this month's episode just yet, we are already collecting questions for the next mailbag. Now, you might be asking, what else is going on this episode? Well, n- nothing. Nothing. That's it. It's, it's a mailbag. You know it's going to be a little long, as always. And uh, I had a busy week and a busy weekend, so I am skipping over all of the usual stuff, getting down to business, doing all that stuff, the news. I don't know. Some stuff probably happened in the news. We'll cover it some other time. But for now, I just want you to enjoy this episode, so why don't we get it kicked off? by digging into the Jurassic Mailbag. Jurassic Mailbag. 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 Jurassic Mailbag never fails. It makes me wag my dino tails. I'm Brad and Jen, your Jurassic Mail. It's Jurassic Mailbag with Brad Jost and Jennifer Tarek. Welcome back, everybody, to the Jurassic Mailbag. It's July. It happened. Somehow, we got to July. We are, uh, what, this is like more than halfway through the year already, right? That's crazy. We, uh, let's see. What just happened? We had an awesome wedding (laughs) from Jen. It was great. It was so great. We loved it. It did you just say awesome? Awesome. Very awesome. No, awesome, I said. 
<laughs> oh, I mean, I it could awesome. be aw- awesome. I'm not sure, but it was definitely awesome. And uh, Jen, you're here. It was great. Yeah. What's going on? Well, I guess I'm married now. <laughs> you guess so, yeah. So I guess it happened. We we, um, we yeah. might be giving away that we are recording this before the wedding, but it's July, so <laughs> wow, it's almost the fourth. It's almost firework time. It might be after the fourth. When, when the I don't. Hey, the I fourth. don't know. We gotta we gotta check this out. Is this coming out before or after the four first fourth whatever July? This is coming out on the first. So oh, hey, well, everyone, fireworks have a are coming. Fourth of July coming up. <laughs> Enjoy those barbecues. Is that yes, what you do? I guess so. I guess that's what happens now. Hot dogs and no man gets grills. No man gets grilling. Grills and fireworks. Yes, that is exactly what happens. So we uh, we're through Jurassic June. It happened, and Jurassic Jurassic July just is not a thing. So forget about that. It's not happening. But um, we're going to still celebrate Jurassic anyway. Maybe that's what As happens. Do, Fi- dinosaur fireworks. Lives. Yeah. Every day of our lives is Jurassic Day. Seriously, yeah. Dinosaur fireworks for days here in, in the beginning of July. <laughs> so um, I'm ready to dive into the mailbag. Are you, are you good to go? I'm, I'm ready. I'm diving. All right. Let's, uh, let's dive in here. So uh, I have a voicemail here. I, have, I actually don't have my silent mouse clicking thingy, so... Uh, you might hear my clicking here, but uh, we've got a voicemail here from Gabby. So let's take a listen. Hi, Brad and Jen. It's mm. Gabby. <laughs> Have you ever went to, this, to Universal and saw Blue? Because I've went there and we took a picture with Blue and he got like really close to my head because he was really hungry. She was really hungry. <laughs> and the guy asked me, Order my, and I said five and a half, and and I and if he said if I want to make it to six, you better want to run because <laughs> he was really close to my head and really hungry. He was gonna eat my head. She was gonna. Eat. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool and fun. Well, Gabby, that's that's awesome. Oh. That is so awesome. I love that voicemail. That's a great story too. Yeah, I'm glad uh I'm glad Blue did not eat your head. That's a very good thing. Glad you are still <laughs> here being able to call into our our show here. So thank you. Thank you so much. That was uh AJ's daughter uh from the Jurassic Kids segment. So thank you. Thank you Gabby for calling. Uh, and yes, I have met Blue. Um and I I uh I really bonded with Blue. We we had a nice photo session. She she almost got me at first, but then we we uh you know bonded there for a little bit and and I think we're best friends now. So I, I love Blue at uh, Universal. She looks incredible. It's uh it's a scary situation, but uh I think everybody's got to do it. Have you done it yet? Um I did it in California in June when the group of us went. We I that's the only time I've ever met Blue. Okay, and that so was, I, I wasn't terrified because we had uh, six of us, so you know, strength in numbers. <laughs> yeah, so we survived. And um, it uh, it was like a more of like a walk around one, right? Is that was it out in the open more? Um, yeah, it was out in the open. I mean, now they have a cool enclosure thing happening with the new whole thing in Hollywood there, but yeah, ours was like out in the open. Yeah, I mean, as of this recording, we have not seen how that all happens just yet but i am i'm am so excited to see how it uh takes place out there you know in that little um 
shed. It looks like a shed mm-hmm. or something like that, like a little maintenance area. So I'm excited to see how that uh, all comes into play. But yeah, blue is awesome. If you get the chance to meet her, go meet her. Um, it's well worth however long you got to wait. Sometimes you have to wait a few rounds because blue needs to go back and you know f- eat some food or get some water and, and then come back out and meet with more people. It's a tasking job, but she does a great job. So uh, go meet blue. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But let's see what else we got here. Um, we have an email. Um, I think this is an email. I forget. I, I, I did the notes differently this week and it really messed me up. I was like struggling with them this afternoon, compiling everything. <laughs> but uh, this one, it's either an email or a website, website submission here from Layton. And it says, Dear JP Podcast, my name is Layton. I am 12 years old and live in the UK. What do you think about Battle at Big Rock? Personally, I think that the Allosaurus and the Pseudoceratops were intentionally leaked by Mattel and Universal to see what people thought about it before releasing what I believe to be a 30-minute short of a battle between the Allosaurus and the Pseudoceratops. Also, have you heard about the new Mattel playset, including Blue, the flipped-over Jeep Explorer? It can be upright, but it has, has a bent roof frame and a mercenary. So that's uh that's from Layton. Thank you so much, Layton. Wow, that twelve year old um, is is smart. That's a like there's he, a lot going on there. Yeah, he knows all that stuff. Like that's a really <laughs> and he's in the UK yet. Like it's it's like wow, good for him. Yeah, good yeah. for him. So let's see. So do we think that the Allosaurus and Nasutoceratops were intentionally leaked by Universal and Mattel? Uh, this is this goes back to New York Toy Fair. Um, I was in attendance and so were many other people there. And we like me particularly, I know I had my camera straight on an announcement of sorts that kind of announced this whole thing. And, uh, yeah. So was that intentional? I would say no, it was not an intentional leak. I think it was a mistake. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's where I stand on that. What about you? Do you think it was, cause I mean, a lot of people do believe in, leaks being intentional whether it's for you know movies or for theme parks you know about upcoming rides and stuff like that like just to get an idea what people think if it's worth exploring that idea do you think that's a potential possibility Uh, well here i'm going to prove why i don't belong on this segment um i know not very much about this big big rock (laughs) stuff and or the the leak or anything but as far as leaks go I probably would say unintentional because, I mean, it seems like a lot of things leak and I, a lot of things aren't intentional leaks with Jurassic anyway. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was an accidental leak. So I'm probably going to go with accidental on that just with their track record. But um, I don't know what was leaked. I know nothing about this big rock. I don't know what that is. So <laughs> I'm going to crawl in the hole now. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, I've uh, heard of it, but I, I haven't really, like, investigated or course. read up on it or anything. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because... We may or may not have heard that information directly, like I said, but um, yeah, I think it was a mistake and it was accidental. Um, but um, as far as what do I think about Battle at Big Rock, I, I am very excited for it. Um, whatever may come, we've heard still at this point of this recording nothing yet. Um, maybe that's changed, you know, now that it's July. I don't know, um, and I sound like an absolute fool, but uh, it's possible. I mean, it's probably. It's probable that I sound like a fool anyway. But um, <laughs> Leighton also says, it, you know, it's believed to be or what, uh, you know, he believes to be a 30-minute short. 
Um, I will say that I think it will not be 30 minutes. I think that is um, very long. <laughs> I would love it to be 30 minutes, but now, as as is, far... Go ahead. Is this an animated thing or a live action thing or is it on Netflix or what is this? Well, I mean, the word on the street is that it's going to be an in-theaters short oh. before a movie. Um, that's the word, maybe. Oh, then maybe that'll not. be like eight minutes tops. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, if this is the case, if this is where it's going, um, depending on what you, what we've heard, <laughs> um, it, you know, that's where it would go. And it should be, I would think, around, you know, five, six, seven, eight minutes, somewhere in that mm-hmm. range. Consider this something along the lines of what Pixar and Disney do, you know, when they have a little short before their movie. They can't mm-hmm. let you sit there for 30 minutes um, and well, and stew on a different property when you're going to see something else, you know? Wasn't um, – what was it? I think, was it Coco? When that came out, they had a 30-minute Frozen short before something. I think it was, was it Coco. Was it 30 minutes, and though? It was it was the um this this, this Olaf one. It was like yeah. twenty five thirty minutes. I remember my Disney podcast was complaining about that that they were getting a lot of comments about people who hated that thirty minute short and they were showing up the movie how far late because they didn't want to see the short they just wanted to see the movie. Okay, yeah, I mean it does say that Olaf's Frozen Adventure was twenty one minutes. So yeah, I think though that knowing what happened with Olaf's Frozen Adventure, Universal, well. They should stay away from that that time, that running time. 21 minutes is too long. I mean, I would love it to be 21 minutes, but you know, the people who are going to see whatever it may be in theaters, we potentially may know or not know, um, I don't know if they want to see an, uh, another film for 21 minutes, you know? No. See, I, Seven, eight problem. minutes is is almost too much as it is. I'm not a fan of the shorts because, I mean, they're kind of cute, but I feel like they can really, really, really get carried away with it, as they did with the Olaf one, because, I mean, you, you're fine. You're sitting through previews, okay, but even the Pixar ones, like the little quick ones, when we're watching those, I'm thinking, okay, is this over? I want to watch the movie I came to see, because yeah. even that's a little long. Exactly. I mean, majority of the people there want to see whatever it is that's the main focus mm-hmm. you know of that night um maybe they're excited about what's before but usually it's just like okay we'll, we'll see whatever pixar things here and get excited for it but it's over very quickly um and um you know i remember like something like lava i think that came before i don't remember what movie but do you remember that one it was like two little volcanoes like fell in love or something like that um, and I, I remember no, like, I this is cute, that. but I don't really care for this one. But other ones I remember like really caring for and really being like into, um, but, um, I think 21 minutes is, is, or 30 minutes in this case here is just too long. Um, but yeah, I know, you know, when they did IMAX, uh, stuff for, I don't remember what the movies were. What were they? Oh, I don't remember. Maybe like Mission Impossible or or something along those. I don't know. But they did um I think there were like 12 to 15 minute shorts for The Dark Knight, I believe, and The Dark Knight Rises. So when you went to go see it in IMAX, they did actually not even just a short, but like literally a scene from the movie. Um so just to kind of get people hyped up and pumped for the next movie. So 
you know, a few months before Dark Knight uh, releases, they released like the entire beginning sequence. So maybe that's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But um, and then moving on here to this new Mattel playset. Honestly, I've never heard anything about a blue flipped over Jeep Explorer. Um, So I don't. I'm not going to say no, but I have not heard about that. And I feel like I would have heard about that, but maybe it's a possibility that you know something I don't. So that's probably, you know, it could be possible. But I I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, I am I'm very much looking forward to the day that they eventually do make it a uh, Ford Explorer. Um, so that, that would be great if they ever do make that. I mean, he seems pretty in the know. This kid, like I know, right? Stuff, so. Like I, I can't argue with that. But um, they, they might announce it like tomorrow. This yeah, point, so. yeah. That's the that's you know usually there's like an ongoing theme of of our episodes. Maybe today's <laughs> is we're gonna look like fools because we predict the future. Well, yeah, but we'll also think about this. We are, spoilers, recording this in Jurassic June currently, and there's still maybe two weeks left to go. So. There's a lot of time to announce stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, thank you, Leighton. Uh, let's move on here to a voicemail from Mike. Hi, Brad. Uh, hey. My name is Mike Christich. I'm a first-time caller. Uh, I love the show. I've only been listening thank to you. ever since you came back from your hiatus. I listen to some of the older shows, but uh, uh, once I found out that you guys existed, uh, uh, I've been hooked ever since. I wanted to run a, a few things by you. One, just hearing news about Camp Cretaceous is amazing. Um, I saw the preview and uh, I'm hooked. Uh, the graphics look awesome mm-hmm. in the show, and I can't wait to watch it on Netflix. Uh, hands down, I'm, I'm like a kid again with that. And uh, the Brachiosaurus that came out, uh, well, that's coming out, the Legacy Collection. Love the artwork on the box. Uh, I'm probably going to buy four of them. <laughs> and that kind of leads me into my uh, my my question is, uh, which I'm sure you've been asked before, is out of all the dinosaurs uh, or, or the toys, I should say, I wanted to know uh, what your favorite uh, 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 dinosaur was, whether it be from the Kenner days or Mattel days or even Hasbro. Um, it, it, it's kind of hard to choose. I'd almost choose one from each uh, from each of the toy makers. And like I, me, the it has to be. For me, it's the the full T-Rex KP29 from uh, uh, the Lost World. I absolutely love that. In fact, it was like the first one that you could actually uh, eat a, a six-inch figure. It was, it was you know, that it was the most realistic one for me. And uh, as far as the newer one goes, I think it might be the Brachiosaurus. Um, Bra- Brachiosaurus, or uh, I really like the Crash uh, and Pro T-Rex, despite it being broken up all the time. But uh, just wanted to. They, you know, give my opinions on that, and say the show's great, and I, uh, I look forward to the next episode. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, dude. Thank you, Mike. That's awesome. I'm glad you, uh, you know, found the show, and you've maybe listened to some past stuff, which is, you know, scary. Um, but uh, I'm glad you're on board, listening and following along with all this new content and news that we've got going on here. So this is this is great. I think it's a great time to be a listener. If I do say so myself, Uh, that didn't come out the way I wanted it to. But I think, you know, as a Jurassic fan, it's a great time to hear the excitement and the discussion, I think. So let's start at the beginning. So Camp Cretaceous. I don't, Jen, I don't think we talked about this yet. Have we? 
I don't think anyone's asked a question, but I, I did watch the trailer. So this I actually am more knowledgeable on than okay, good. Um, the Big Rock. But I'm not very knowledgeable on either, but more. So, <laughs> so there's that. I can discuss it. <laughs> yes, yes. I um, I was uh, kind of blown away by the art style and, and the way it looked and the, the graphic that they shared initially. Thought it looked awesome. Um, I am very excited for it, aren't you? Or yeah, this I would is assume. this is a Netflix. This is a Netflix one, right? Yeah. Yes. Do you, do you know, already I... have Netflix? Yeah, I do. Okay. I that's well, a funny my question. Friend does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that's works. usually the way it works. <laughs> There's always somebody that you know that owns it, and you know, I know. Um, uh, I, I never mind. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna reveal secrets. <laughs> Then you get hauled off. I don't to know. Jail. Yeah, I don't know who is watching my account, but it, you know, we don't know. We'll never know. Um, but yeah, so Camp Cretaceous looks awesome. Um, I guess sometimes, sometime in 2020, we'll be getting that show. And yeah, it, it was so drastically different, though. I feel like that image they released was very well. While it was very beautiful and and scenic, it also did have the somewhat cartoony looking humans. Um, but then that trailer popped up which was like incredibly detailed and amazing looking and nearly indistinguishable from the movies in a way like it almost didn't even look any different really um so that has me very excited it's got that weird half cartoon half cgi feel to it yeah which is really nice i like that actually and i think that will look really good with this material and i the the picture you know when they're in front of the gates that kind of took me to the evolution of claire a little bit like how they were all like students kind of going into the park and it kind of took me there so i'm excited for this just because i guess we're going to get to see a lot of parts of the park that we've been complaining that we didn't get to see in the film so i'm guessing we're going to see a lot of things i hope so i really hope we do um, I, I got that vibe as well about like the evolution of Claire and like the whole camp Cretaceous thing. But like, mm-hmm. I also do, do feel like if that is the case, it kind of dumbs down the, the Mizrani internship that like she was a part of, like it sort of feels well, like mean, it, it dumbs it down a little bit. quite like that. This is after the park already is like running. So it's yeah. not really an intern. It's like just kids going maybe on like a field trip or a summer program or something. Yeah. I would assume it. I guess it would be a summer program, but that's like f- for only the super rich. Like who's sending their kid to Isla Nublar for a summer? <laughs> like that's got to be so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I assume it's like, you know, maybe it could, maybe if you're just there for like a week or something, it's like, you know, you send your kid out there to to learn stuff and to, you know, to maybe potentially move on to that field of study or something like that. Um, but depending on the timeline of the show, who knows when this is going to like re- like the time it's really going to span. I mean, we seem to believe that it's going to be during the downfall of, of Jurassic World. That's what the, you know, mm. the synopsis kind of leads us to believe. But who knows? Maybe it's not. Um, it says like something about being within the timeline of Jurassic World. So I guess that could mean a range of things. Like, here's my thoughts. Like, if they do it, like, right when Jurassic World's happening and all of that, it seems like it's been done that way. And I, I feel like they're kind of backing themselves in the corner a little bit. But if they do it, how the reason I bring up Evolution of Claire is because it did 
have they were had adventures and stuff that wasn't in the time period you know you know of everything falling apart and dinosaurs chasing yeah. and so forth it was it was in its own little um time capsule there but it also they did have adventures and dinosaur adventures and things that were going on so i do think that there's room for something like this to happen further than evolution of claire but before the end of the park so i mean i think it's going to fall yeah. in the middle there and we'll just be them going on adventures and seeing dinosaurs and things happening probably but nothing catastrophic yeah i really hope they don't back themselves into that corner because if they do settle upon you know the downfall then that's all you can really do there's not really much else much else to go from there but after reviewing like the other shows that dreamworks and and netflix have produced uh and universal i guess um it seems like there's more uh, more seasons. So who knows? Maybe this could see a bunch of seasons. But I feel like it, it would have to be like during the 10 years that it was operating smoothly. Like that would be the most optimal thing is yeah. maybe place it in 2010. That way you give yourself five years before – five years? Yeah, before the downfall mm-hmm. of the park. Um, I think that's the best opportunity, but – I don't know. I, they really do love to center everything around the Indominus Rex and the downfall, as we saw, you know, firsthand from Jurassic World live tour. That mm-hmm. that entire process is is centered directly around the the downfall of the park. So, yeah. and and look, we got the 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 ride coming out now, which is centered around the downfall of the park. So it's like they really love focusing on that time frame. So I I. You know, I could, I would bet money on that's when it's being taken place, but um, I hope not. Yeah, I only say since they've successfully done it once before in the book, um, it's possible that they could do it again this way, and I have faith in them that they would do that since they have done it before. Like they touched that idea before without being the Indominus and all of that. So yeah. I, I'm confident that they're just going to have like little adventures and not have to do with the downfall. Because I don't want to see the downfall again. I mean, it's cool, but. <laughs> I want to see other parts of the park and other things happening. For sure. Um, so did you get a look at the Brachiosaurus box? Oh, um, the box. Yes, I've, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen people hold it. I've seen it next to other toys. And oh, my goodness, that thing is like what everybody has been wanting for so long. <laughs> I know. It's I know. truly amazing. It's amazing. I don't know. Is there a price announced on it yet? Like, is it um, I don't. I don't know. I think it it'll probably be around like the fifty dollar mark. Um, if I'm Which guessing, isn't bad for what that is, and for how big it is, and how good it looks, I that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think. Let's see. I think the um, I think the Mosasaurus was like thirty two or something like that. Um, maybe even got a little bit higher. The uh, super colossal T Rex is. Yeah, like from fifty to fifty-four dollars, usually. So I would expect it to be right around there. Really, I, I feel like it'll probably be in that range. Um, but yeah, that box art is is incredible. Like with the the artistic rendering of that mm-hmm. Brachiosaurus scene from Jurassic Park. Um, you know, I I can't really tell how big it all is and how this is all going to be packed in there, but I'm sure it's going to be a giant box. I am so excited. That is like my most anticipated toy, you know, just getting that thing, having it, um, you know, Mattel is really knocking it out of the park as, as far as, um, introducing new, new, like brand new toys we've never had before. So I'm excited about that. Um, do you I know and this is something people really have been wanting for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. It's been 
26 years coming here. So <laughs> it's a long time. But uh, do you I – know, I know you're not like a huge toy collector or anything, but do you have a favorite out of all the ones that you've seen throughout the years? Um, well, I have to say, though, you're right. I'm not big on collecting or buying them. So if I have it, if I own it, there's – that probably defines a lot about the toy. Yeah. So as far as the dinosaurs go, um, I did buy the Carnotaurus. So, cause you know, the Disney connection and it's just oh, a really yeah. cool one. It has like that cool chomping, like it's just a cool toy. And um, so I got the Carnotaurus in this round and I'm not talking people, obviously I'm just going to talk dinos, but I got that one and I got um, the Colossal Rex. So those are the two oh, nice. that I truly bought like i wanted i kind of was looking at the stegosaurus and kylosaurus but um the two i bought i guess my favorites then if i if, if i own them and if i paid money for them then those two the colossal and the carnotaurus are probably the two dinosaurs from this round that i really like although i go to any target or walmart with josh and he's buying the baryonyx he's buying the allosaurus he's picking them off the shelves and i'm like <laughs> i don't know they all kind of look the same a little yeah. bit i mean oh you know which one i almost bought um um the the headbutting one what is that Pachy pachycephalosaurus yeah that okay. one um oh no no oh you know what one was it was the it was the uh, dilophosaurus that actually scorched water oh okay yeah that pur- the purple that one. one yeah that one i just saw in stores recently like yeah. that was the first time i saw the one that actually squirted water and those two i had in my hand so they didn't make it to the checkout, but they're in my hands. So this, this progress. Yeah. So those two would be probably the next in line after the Colossal and the Carnotaurus okay. for me. Not bad choices. Not bad. Um, as far as mine are concerned, I mean, you know, you got to mention the Red Rex. That's my uh, that's my all-time favorite one uh, out of any toy that uh, Jurassic has ever released. Uh, the Red Rex from from, you know, the original Kenner days. And then, you know, branching off from there, the Bull T-Rex, like, uh, like Mike mentioned, that one is is right up there. Like, it's nearly neck and neck just because of the playability and, and the look, the stylized look of that thing, um, the coloring and, and the fact that it swallows the toys. Like, that was always one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, JP3, I don't really have a favorite, to be honest. Um, I only have, like, maybe two or three. I think the... There's like a purplish, purple and red raptor, which I like. It's nice. It's one of the only things I have, sort of like you were saying, like, I have it. So, therefore, I think it's got to be my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Kenner, or I'm sorry, Hasbro, Jurassic World, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the maybe that, like, Ford Explorer-looking um, Velociraptor. That's kind of an interesting-looking one. And for the, uh, you know, rounding it out here with uh, the new Mattel stuff, the Super Colossal. I think that's got to be my favorite as well. I think it's mm-hmm. um, it's an, it's just an incredible toy. Um, it's it's awesome. Well, shout out to the Mosasaurus, too. I don't oh, have that yeah. one because Josh has two. So I don't have that one, <laughs> but I got to shout out that one because that one's really awesome. I probably would have it if he didn't. So he definitely, he got the uh, the standalone Mosasaurus and he probably got the sub too, right? Like the sub He edition. got everything. Okay. Literally, he got the, he got the, um, the connects one and like just everything, <laughs> everything with a Mosey on it. Yeah, has. I've got two as well. I feel like you need two. It's awesome. I love that thing. <laughs> as far as Hasbro, I didn't get to, I guess I didn't mention that one. Again, if I own it, it's, I must love it. So I have my dad actually bought me the T-Rex for my birthday for my goodness. It was a four years ago now, I guess um, he bought me the T-Rex and then I got echo 
the raptor because that's my favorite raptor the most underrated of the four so i got echo and the t-rex from hasbro nice not bad well thank you mike that was awesome uh, we definitely i think you know really expanded upon that one so that was a good one um and also thank you so much for you know like I said before, just listening to the show and discovering it. I'm so glad you're uh, on board here. Um, and sticking but, with it, too. Yeah, seriously, especially after listening to old stuff. So <laughs> I was going to say after listening and then sticking with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Next up here, we got um, s- submission, I think, from the website from Brian. Um, and this one says, I love Jurassic Park. I've been watching since I was three, question mark. <gasps> Me too. So that's awesome, Brian. Yeah, I mean – I have been watching since I was seven. Yeah, seven. So I always I always mess, mess that up. I think I turned eight in 1993. Yeah, it was eight. Um, so by the time it came out, seven. Yeah, since then. So I think a lot of us were, you know, around those very early ages. I know there's plenty that were not, but um, and and plenty that were not even born. Um, looking yeah, at you, Tom. Really. But. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I I, uh, I applaud you for watching this since you were three. I mean, you could be four, and I don't know. Maybe it was just one year. <laughs> I was also three, so. But again, he could have been like three in two thousand one or something. Yeah, who knows? Just started yeah, watching then. <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, that's that's awesome. I think um, I think a lot of us that listen to this have been listening since very or have been uh, watching since very early on. So. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for writing in there. Um, next up, we have another one from Liam. And this says, hi, guys. Here's my idea for how they should include all the old JP characters in a new movie. Some Ooh. Hollywood studio is making a movie based off the true events of the original Jurassic Park. They call upon the old characters to come along for the filming as consultants. They agree to help with the movie because they're promised lots of money. And... uh and animatronic or possibly CD, CG dinosaurs. Um, of course, they're tricked, and the studio surprises them by taking the realism approach, real dinosaurs. Maybe Owen is brought in to tame the raptors. How fun would that be to rewatch the original Jurassic Park with new young versions of the classic characters along with old ones as consultants standing by, and then something goes terribly wrong. Oh, that is the thing right there. That is like, that is, I love that idea. I I love it. I want that, but not for the next movie. I want like a (laughs) spinoff. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. A spinoff would be perfect. Like, I think we've talked about like, it's, it's probably too much of a, of a, like a new story to introduce and in a potential ending or a potential closeout of this trilogy and, and the last trilogy. So, I, I think that might be a like such a massive idea for that, but I, I do love this idea. It's it's very fun, I like seeing say, that all happen. About, we've been asked and we talked about so many things, and this has <laughs> never crossed our brain. And I kind of I'm in love with it. I really really love it. I love the whole thing. I just I need that now. I'm having such a funny parody, and they could just like play off of so many things and stereotypes and just make fun of themselves beyond all reason, and it would be amazing. You know, I'm trying to think of like, um, like where this idea could have come from. Like, what other th- series or movies have done anything like this? Um, but 
it, it, I'm blanking on a lot of stuff, but I did just think of um, the show Supernatural. Uh, do you ever mm-hmm. watch that show? I used to watch it when it was after Smallville, but I haven't watched it since. Okay. Um, so at some point, um, it, it was like a very big turning point around uh, the show where I feel like they, they embraced the craziness um, and they, they did something, something like this where I don't, I don't remember the, the full details, but they actually like had the main characters, Sam and Dean, like, I don't know if they transported or just something happened, but like they ended up in like a TV version of the, uh, like they were actually filming a version of the show and it was like a whole behind the scenes kind of thing, just like this, it sounds like. Um, and then obviously stuff went wrong. So it was such a fun idea, like seeing yeah. that all take place. Like, but I, I don't know how this would fit in, but I, I kind of love this idea. I, I love it. See, this is one of those things where you know your show has jumped the shark. And exactly. Because like, I feel like Doctor Who would have done something like this. Just something has ran forever and they just don't, they just don't give any Fs anymore. They just <laughs> do anything. And it's that kind of thing. So I honestly think that's genius. I They're not going to do that for the fourth movie, but the um third movie my goodness but they need to do it somewhere because i I want that now that would be great yeah i mean look great you know back in the day happy days initiated the jump the shark and who was in happy days ron howard and and who's in this movie bryce dallas howard so they need their jump the shark moment i guess (laughs) yeah and that's the perfect one Thank you, Liam. That was awesome. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm in. I'm down. Let's do it. Uh, spinoff movie. Um, I mean, that's pretty original. That's the most original idea I've heard. Oh, I think so. I think you're right. I think that is certainly the most original idea. Um, next up, we got a voicemail here from Rowan. Let's take a listen. Hey guys, it's Rowan. Hey, uh, I was just wondering what you guys think about a return of Hammond in some way in Jurassic World Three, possibly like. Uh, like a Princess Leia CGI version. And I don't know, like, the family and all that, if it, that would be okay, but I was just thinking a flashback with him and Lockwood and, like, the moral debate about Maisie could be a really interesting idea. Uh, or, you know, I really just, I'd like to see as many of the returning old characters as possible, um, Grant and Sadler. Or they just, somehow, you know, it's hard to see how you, they would tie in, but... It feels like that possibly being the final movie, uh, they got to put him in there somehow. And since this is uh, bringing things back from the dead, I thought maybe bringing Hammond back from the dead with CGI would be interesting. Um, also, uh, I was just I can't seem to get like two quick little scenes out of my head, and I wanted to kind of share what they were. Uh, one is uh, since the dinosaurs happened to break loose in Northern California, it looks like. Uh, there could be a bow hunter out in the woods drawing back on his bow on an elk or a deer, and we look through his sight, and then the T-Rex comes smashing through the trees and snatches it up. Um, and the other one I had is just an old man in, like, a woodsy cabin sitting in, like, a dimly lit living room, uh, just sitting there reading, and then he feels a thump and goes outside to investigate with a flashlight. He's a brachiosaur just trotting along next to the cabin, or a any large herbivore that happens to be out there. Um, anyways, I don't know why I keep seeing those quick things in my head, but they sound kind of cool. But uh, anyway, thanks, guys. Let me know what you think uh, about the Hammond idea, and uh, I'll try to call into another mailbag soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Rowan. That was great. Yeah. I love that. I love your ideas there. Um, as far as like 
potentially introducing dinosaurs and stuff. I think that uh, specifically that first one you mentioned about like the 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 hunter and the deer or whatever and then like just scooping up that that's perfect. That sounds like of like a perfect introduction, I think. Um because we know how like oddly stealthy the T-Rex can be um when it wants to be. Um so that would be really really cool to see you know like an unexpected surprise, you know, you're you're in the like I can see like like such a cool cold atmosphere and then like the breath coming off the guy as he's like steadying himself about to take the shot. He maybe even takes the shot and accidentally hits the T-Rex or <laughs> or just misses and, and the T-Rex just like demolishes some animal, unfortunately. Like this could be really, really impressive and, and that could be cool. I'm totally down for like odd introductions like that and unique introductions. Um, what do you think, Jen? Um, I I do believe we've we've talked about how to start the movie, and we have said like a montage of sorts of yeah. that kind of thing, and those are two very very good visuals and good ideas, and I that makes perfect sense. And I I think I like that other, although it doesn't as long as long as it doesn't feel like the end of Fallen Kingdom because all those little snapshots of things happening like it was so quick and it was just. I feel like that's the kind of montage they do and I would like more involved and slower and tense, I guess. And it's kind of surprise. It was like the montage at the end of Fallen Kingdom was kind of lazy. and I, I don't want that to be the beginning of number three. So if they could do a montage like worthy of introductions like that, then that's I'm totally for that. I like what he said. Those ideas are cool. Yeah, you know, a lot of movies that I've seen recently um, and in the past few years do interesting montages where, you know, um, I don't know how. I, I Like some movies like in the MonsterVerse, um, which is like the Godzillas, Kongs and all that, they do these like news clip kind of things that showcase um, like headlines and different reports and stuff of things that are happening around the world. And I they did I, that I, with the volcano and the DPG stuff. Yeah. Um, See, that's what I feel like they they do with Jurassic. Like I'm afraid of montages for that reason, or even news breaks for that reason, because they're just quick and mm-hmm. basic. Yeah. And these weren't even that involved, to be honest. These were just like, you had like music playing and then you get like literally almost just like somebody slapping down a newspaper and you're reading, you're straight up reading the newspaper. Um, very quickly, you're, you're seeing these headlines and these files and reports, but not like, you know, today here on the BBC, we are going to discuss fall of Isla Nublar, <laughs> like not like that. Um, that's even more involved, but even within those news clips, they ended up showing small snippets, which is like, yeah, I want to see more. Um, And I get what you mean about the ending of wanting to see a little bit more. And I think like if you did have a scene in the beginning with like the hunter or something like that, I would definitely want it to be like a very silent, no music, (laughs) just like the atmosphere and the sounds of the wildlife. That Mm -hmm. way you can like feel, you know, the impact as something happens. I think that could be great. Um, And not knowing like what dinosaurs are where or what dinosaurs are going to appear in what scene or how many at the same time or like what they've been doing. So they could do that really well. And I hope they do do that really well. And I like that idea of introducing them that way for sure. Mm. Yeah. I, um, I just wonder like at this point, will, cause here, here's a, here's a good question actually. 
Um, we know that Fallen Kingdom, when that movie started, it took place months, uh, weeks to months after Jurassic World. So they didn't start three years out. And then they, you know, they jumped to that news segment and now you're three years out. Mm-hmm. So I guess they could follow that same format, which I've not actually never even considered. They could just start up right away and showcase these little snippets here and there, whether it is just a news segment or, um, you know, uh, I don't know, something a little bit more expanded upon. They could do that and then skip to, hey, this now we're three years out and now dinosaurs are all over the place. Um, I think that's a possibility. What about you? Well, whatever they do, I just don't want to see it in a trailer. And I don't want to see any of it that's, in a trailer. I that's don't fair. even because that entire <laughs> montage we saw already uh, on that was just so terrible and the, sad. The end. The end of the movie. The, the entire thing. thing. Except for like maybe a few clips, but like the entire thing was there. That's crazy. And that's the most frustrating thing ever because it's like, okay, they tease you with that. And then it's like, all right, well, I want to see more. I want to see what happens in, in the Mosasaurus when it comes out of the wave. Or like, what's that? Oh, that's where it ends. Okay. And then, oh, with the T-Rex and the lion, what happens after that? Oh, that's the entire clip. Okay. Like, it was teasing you these scenes. But that's all they're going to show you at all. So that was just horribly frustrating. Yeah. I think we need to cautiously and um you know very nicely plead to colin to say like we we need we need some some care when you release these trailers um i know you we know he cares you know and he he can't possibly want them to spoil this stuff i don't know why it's slid by in the past two movies here um but we can't we can't have that again you know who's doing it right is Frozen because oh, they're not yeah. showing anything. And the suspense and the questions and everyone is so interested because they have no idea what anything is. And that's the good – that's the intrigue. That's what you need. And people are talking about that, just the, the visuals of it and not knowing anything. And that they are Seriously. doing very well. I mean they, they don't – this is a billion-dollar franchise. Each movie, they don't need to tell you everything. Like, they could have sold that movie without the Indoraptor or without, like, the, the montage and all that stuff. They could have really just sold it and then surprised you with the mansion and all that stuff. Like, imagine what we would – because, like, I know my disappointment with Fallen Kingdom upon initial release was the fact that we saw everything. So yeah. that that really messed with me. Well, the first trailer was just the volcano stuff. And then everyone yeah. got all mad about it because they're like that's all and they were like all mad but then when the second trailer came out people seemed to like it more but i i know it's it's a double-edged sword but even i don't know frozen's doing a good job and from toy story from what i'm looking at those trailers that seems to be revealing a lot and i don't know maybe it's hard it's hard to do it i know because you want to get people hyped up and see things and get excited about them but yeah i don't know yeah, Toy Story does seem to be revealing a lot, but I feel like there, there's probably some stuff in there that we're really missing. I hope so, at least, because I, I feel like I, while I know what the idea is and the premise, I feel like they're not selling me on anything. Like, they're like, hey, you're just going to go on this little trip with the guys, and that's it. And I'm like, there has to be more, right? 
So hopefully. I hope so. Um, I hope <laughs> no, so though. too. But Frozen is definitely playing it right. There, mm-hmm. like, there's when you watch that trailer that you have so many questions, which I think is what you want. You don't want to give away anything. Everything. Same with Star Wars. They're doing such a great job at like marketing us. There's only been one trailer so far for this new movie, but um, they're doing such a good job at like making you question everything. You could literally, like. You could literally have a podcast about Star Wars, and I know many people do and maybe maybe are even listening, and they could discuss that trailer every episode, and I would be like, yeah, you're right. We need to talk about this each and every episode until December. <laughs> like, you really could. So I feel like that's what Universal needs to strive for. Um, and I, th- we didn't, he didn't even ask about trailers, Rowan. So we just gave him oh. a whole the whole discussion on trailers. But Where did we yeah. go? What was that on? Oh, okay. <laughs> Intros wow. maybe and, and stuff like that. Um, wait, we got to cover this other point about Hammond. Hammond. A CGI yes. Hammond. Go ahead. Shoot. What's your, what's your um, idea or take? I, I think that they did is – I think if they were going to do anything like that with bringing Hammond in, they already did it in Fallen Kingdom. I think that's as far as they could possibly go. And I think that they wanted to go as far as they could. And I think that's as far as Hammond's going to go with Lockwood and then the portrait. I don't see – how you could possibly do that i don't think that that um hologram or whatever is going to be a thing and i just don't i don't see anything happening i feel like that's as far as they could have went and they went as far as they could and that was it yeah i mean i think if there's just another image cameo of of john hammond it's like it's too cliche at that point it's lost its value if you do it Mm -hmm. again I think if, say, for instance, there's just another picture or another statue, um, uh, you can't keep repeating the same beats. I really think the only way to up that ante would be to introduce the CGI um, Hammond, but I, I don't see that happening, unfortunately. I personally would love it. I think it would be a great idea. I would like to see it, but I just don't think they'll do it. I guess it, it helps to know what is happening in this movie, like what sets they're going to, what places they're visiting, because here in Lockwood, it made sense to have a portrait of him. And it made sense to have his statue in the Hammond lab. Like those things made sense. So we don't really know where the set pieces are going to be. Yeah. Um, so maybe something like that could make sense. But I don't think I think they did as much as they could with it for now. Yeah, I mean, I I, um, I liked his idea, though, about the the debates and stuff like that, like about cloning humans. And if you guys want to get a good idea about what that's all about, listen to our, our episode from a few weeks ago where Arjun Boss, he, ha- he had a great audio drama that centered around John Hammond and Benjamin Lockwood and they're, they're debating <laughs> – the ethics and all that stuff surrounding it. So literally, if you want to hear exactly what um, Rowan is talking about, it was is a few episodes ago. Go check it out. Uh, plug. But um, I would love to see that in the movies. I would love to see that come to life. I would really, I would really enjoy that. I think you know a show like um, uh, which I've mentioned before, Westworld, which is also Crichton did a great job at um, their Anthony Hopkins character in that show. There was a few flashback scenes and stuff like that. And they, they really, this is not spoiling anything, but they, they really did capture that vibe without really, 
it wasn't really a full blown like as far as I remember CG moment, but they really did get a really good vibe of like a younger version of him and and stuff like that. So I would love to see that. I would really love to see them in the lab together in the mix, figuring it all out. Um, you, you know, know what they from could the beginning do to the end. I think that's a great idea. They could not show them, like put them in the shadows and kind of just maybe film the show the back or show yeah have their voices like have an impersonator like do the voices and then just kind of have like their shadows there or maybe in a corner of a room or have or focus on something else and kind of know that they're talking about it but don't actually like have a well-lit room with them sitting not next to each other talking like if it they could do it like mysteriously yeah imagine like like uh, the basement of Lockwood Manor or estate and and like it's very dimly lit there's like maybe one one light in the center and you're just you just get the backs of them in a lab scene and they're both just kind of not violently going at it but just like verbally like responding to each other in a very like serious manner going back and forth and it's like a very slow pan in on them you had both of the um amber canes there too so you kind of know like who is who yeah and you kind of just go off of that and that's kind of maybe in focus and they're not or something and everything's like dark as you said yeah if both amber canes were there that would be epic yeah i mean look they're not going to be like wildly different looking this is going to be taking place in in the late 80s early 90s it has to be probably you know before or right around jurassic park took place um i would assume um so yeah it's just about like you should be able to recognize them and and to to see the canes there would be awesome um we know that we we've apparently seen these different canes before you know like john hammond had a different cane in the cloning video so it's been referenced to be the cane that lockwood has so there could be a whole thing there and it would be incredible to see the debate going on and then imagine just flashing right to Maisie and you now you have her story. So you just heard the philosophical debate and now you get to see her. That would be really, really cool. Yeah, I, I didn't realize I wanted that until we just set that up and now I kind of really do. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I also did hear... An interesting theory. I for, I'm sorry, but I forget where it came from. Um, so, you know, shout me out and, and let me know so I can actually call it out on like the next episode or something. I, I really apologize. But somebody um, on Twitter, I believe, made a point of saying like, what if this all ends by um, mosquitoes, you know? So as these dinosaurs are out there, the mosquitoes are picking up diseases and killing, you know, oh, they're, wow. they're, they're landing on people and spreading diseases or landing on other animals and spreading diseases. Like, and this, this story that was all started from a mosquito ends with a mosquito. Like, Oh, that's really, that's neat. really like poetic. I think. Yeah. I, that's, I didn't even think of that either. That's pretty cool. See, that's another thing of how are they going to end it? Are they going to kill them all? Are they get like, that's a whole other can of worms but if they do that if they go that route that's a cool way to go you know i would love them to take a chance and not just settle like most movies do they they play it safe and they you know there's a happy ending or a partially sad ending or something imagine if they just went all out like that would be pretty interesting and and would get people talking i think yeah i know i'm really curious i do hope that they don't do safe i hope they do interesting exciting unexpected i really want to be surprised and not know what's coming 
that I think that was a big downfall of Fallen Kingdom for sure. I mean, we weren't surprised about anything. And I guess that's our own fault in a way. <laughs> Half. Yeah, partially. Fault, still, I hope that there's a lot. I, I just hope it's really out of the box and just huge, crazy, big, creative, unique, and shocking. Yeah. And brave. 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 Don't that's a good go one. safe. Well, thank you, Rowan. That was awesome. We definitely uh, got some good ideas there and good discussions, I think. Um, so hopefully we hear from you again. But uh, let's move on here to a submission here from TJ. This one says, "Good morning and happy Jurassic June. I went to dive into, or I want to dive into a theory I've had since Jurassic World came out in 2015. We know the Indominus was bred with the DNA of many creatures, including the Velociraptor. However, I think the Raptor DNA was very specific." If we go back to Jurassic Park 3, we see that the velociraptors look vastly different than their original counterparts. For example, the males had red eyes and quills. The females developed almost a white leopard skin pattern, and both developed bird-like circular pupils. Delta inherits the same feature because of her bird DNA, rather than the snake-like slit pupil that we see from the other raptors. Most of us have assumed Joe Johnson did this to show a version of velociraptors that looked more like their real ancestors. But what if there was an actual scientific reason for this? What if the velociraptors on Isla Sorna were evolving? My theory is that between 1993 and 2001, the velociraptors, through reproduction and evolution, weeded out the frog gene uh, traits InGen bred them with and started adapting or adopting their int- uh, instinctual bird traits. I believe they went through a morphing phase, almost like in the book, where they changed their behaviors and appearances. Appearances. Wait, I can't say that right now. Appearances. Hence why they uh, looked slightly different in The Lost World and vastly different in Jurassic Park 3. Now, for my main theory. I believe that during the time that Dr. Wu creates a Spinosaurus, Ceratosaurus, and Ankylosaurus on Sorna, he obtained DNA samples from the evolving raptors, and that was the specific DNA that was used for both the Indominus projects. Or, yeah, yeah. Okay, Um, it makes sense if you think about it, and he would want a creature with the purest form of raptor DNA. That's why the Indominus and Indoraptor have red eyes, neck quills, and Indy has white skin. The Indominus dinosaurs are unstable because they have high-octane blood of the purest and most intelligent velociraptors InGen ever bred. What do you guys think? Friendly neighborhood wow. suave joker, TJ. Wow. That was a lot. That was a lot. That and was... The, the, the ongoing theory is our, our listeners are very intellectual and, and consider a lot of stuff. <laughs> They're more qualified than I. That was really smart. Yeah, I um, I love it though. I think uh, I think he's right on target there. I think, I think these dinosaurs have evolved, and um, I mean maybe they were doing experiments and and created different raptors during those time periods. But who knows? I mean, it, it's probably too quick for evolution, you know. But I mean, we're talking about weird DNA creatures that are bred, you know, from a, a machine essentially. So. Who knows? You know, who knows at this point? I do think Wu is a guy that experimented and, and did a lot of different things to create these dinosaurs earlier than we expect. Um, but look, I mean, the 
they really wanted the Indoraptor to have that, uh, you know, blue DNA going forward and, and that blue instincts going forward. So I think there's a chance that this is all, you know, probable or it could happen. And I, I love the idea of, of them just being, you know, more instinctual, more uh, real, I guess, the, the like the JP3 Raptors. I like the JP3 Raptors. There, I think they're. I think I said before that those are my favorite ones. I, I like how they act. I like how they look. I just like the whole. They feel. I mean, from seeing Lost World lately, um, those guys. I mean, they're they're scarier and they're like more vicious. But there's something about the, the Jurassic Park three raptors that kind of are a nice balance of everything. So I like those. I hope they if they keep with that idea. I mean, I don't know. I like the JP three raptors. Yeah, me too. I, I think they're they're pretty great. I mean, I always argue that um, you know the Jurassic World raptors are more realistic than we give them credit for, um, outside of their looks and everything. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think they do have a lot of very naturalistic uh, tendencies and stuff that we we just don't give them credit for. But yeah, I think outside of that, I think Jurassic Park three raptors are very. Um, you know, realistic and, and you know, very bird-like for sure. I love yeah. the the communication um, of those dinosaurs, and I love the way they look and the you know the quills. And uh, actually, I'm not a huge fan of the female raptors, the like the more white um, and darker maroon or whatever colors that they have on them. Not a huge fan of that one, but um, I do love the the males in that movie. I think they look awesome. Yeah, I mean, those are the ones I think of when I think of Jurassic Raptors, honestly, because those are, are the ones that, I mean, it could just be like that, I do like JP3, and that's the kind of the movie that I more grew up with, just age-wise, so I do like those raptors the best, and I think they act the most like how I would expect raptors to be. Like I said, they're a nice combination of everything, so yeah. yeah. Thank you, TJ. That's awesome. I love it. Um, let's move on here to a voicemail from Caleb. Uh, take it away, Caleb. Go. <laughs> hey, Brad. Hey, Jen. Just calling to say what's up. Happy Jurassic June. And I uh, have some Jurassic marriage-related questions for you. So if Alan and Ellie come back in Jurassic World 3, do you want them to be married, together, not married, dating, but also... If Ian Malcolm returns, should Sarah Harding come back? And would you want them to be in a relationship or married? Anyway, that's all I got. See you soon. See you soon, indeed. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's a. I like that question. I really do. Um, I, I've actually seen a lot of people discussing the whole Alan and Ellie and uh, Mark Degler. Uh, debate, mm-hmm. you know, like where do they stand at this point? Um, I mean, personally, I I hope that Ellie and Mark are still together. I I don't want them to like. <gasps> I know, I know, because when I first saw Jurassic Park three, it was heartbreaking. But it's also heartbreaking, like to have them break up and destroy their marriage when <sighs> when I just want them to get back together or get her back together with Grant. You know, like there's kids involved and all kinds of stuff. Like, I, I don't want to see that, you know? Okay, well, here's the thing. The world has, the universe has been unbalanced since JP3. Like, <laughs> the whole thing that they did there threw off the world balance. Like, 
it did, the universe yeah. is off the plants aren't aligned right like everything's just wrong so they need to just fix it for that reason just for the good of humanity get everything back aligned so yeah they they need to fix that they need to be together i don't know about married but together would be nice um for malcolm though i think it's out of character for him to be married so no on that one yeah you know um to be honest i didn't like look at his hands or anything to see if he has a wedding ring on. Do we even oh, see yeah. his hands? Oh, this, see. this, this I... might, you have all the screen caps, right? I mean, I could what actually go through and play the movie, but, um, I, I killed myself deeply for those screen caps. So let's see. <laughs> that was so hard. Oh, <laughs> that was so hard. I mean, you did all a great right. job. They all look really, really incredible. Thanks. Yeah, that was a lot of work, a lot more work than I anticipated. Uh, okay. Well, I don't oh, even this know if this will pull through. Somehow, but... somehow I'm in the um, the Bryce caps. I don't want to be in there. I want to be in the actual. Uh, there we go. The vault caps. If people don't know what I'm referring to, go to JurassicVault.com and you will see what I mean. But let's see. Scrolling through. Okay, helicopter past that. These are such high quality that they take a while to pop up. Not a while to pop up, but like they don't pop up instantly. On the yeah. <laughs> so, oh, here he is. All right. Oh, what's he? Here. What does he have? Does he have it? He has nothing. Nothing. Okay. No ring. You no got ring. a good, clear look at his hands, huh? Yes, he has both hands. Um, he's, he has both right hands. Hand. That's a good he start. Yes, has, has both. They're still attached. Um, <laughs> He has the right hand placed over the left one, but not too far where I could see his finger and there's nothing on the left hand. And on the right hand, there's nothing on the right hand either because he has another tap. He has his hand off. So nope, nothing on either one. Interesting. All right. So, well, there you have it. I mean, that's that that could, you know, resolve some issues with, with Malcolm. Um, and I agree. I feel like, uh, I agree sort of, I kind of hate myself for agreeing, but like, I I don't want Sarah Harding to just be like a pawn in Ian Malcolm's, you know, stardom. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I want her to actually be a part of this. I don't think you really like her all that much, right? Um, no, not really. But I, I like that character and I, I I would like her to be more than just Ian Malcolm's girlfriend. You know, we got to go save the girlfriend. And, and she, you know, they, they don't end up together. It's, it's just like a James Bond or... You know, Indiana Jones, how they never end up with this girl. Yeah. Um, And that, you know, I mean, he does explain that in the in the first movie that, you know, he's always on the lookout for the next ex Mrs. Malcolm. Like, so it's 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 a precedent that has been set. Um, But I mean, I would love to see her in some sense. Um, I mean, if they can write her in where she actually has a purpose and like a job or an expertise that's needed or something like that. I'm she sure definitely I mean, does. It fits, it fits, but if it's just for his character to like tag along or something, I don't like that. You know, to be honest, everybody I look for right, rightfully so wants to see Ellie return and, you know, and all that. But like, what is her expertise to return? You know, oh, Ellie, you mean, yeah. Outside of interactions with these dinosaurs on, uh, a very small scale. What is her expertise to return? I, um, I would say it's that she was on the island when Jurassic Park 
happened. Like she was there. She experienced that. I think she's probably more known for that in that universe now than anything else. Let's let's take a look because she was fairly safe outside of, you know, the encounter with the Rex. Um, You know, she missed the entire breakout, but she came back and she was chased down. Yep. But the cars, it should be much faster than the dinosaurs. So she got away. Um, that was a very quick experience. And then she has, um, she's fine for a little, a little bit longer. And then she has a few quick encounters over maybe like the course of like an hour, like with a raptor or a few raptors. Um, and that's it. There's no, there's no more, you know, tie-ins. At least Malcolm has two scenarios, a full, uh, a full-fledged like, experience on an island alone literally alone um and and his experience in jurassic park sarah harding also has a full she was literally alone like no one else was there she has way much more expertise when it comes to you know who should we call well let's call sarah here's my thoughts on that um looking at it in universe if i was a regular person in the universe of jurassic um, I would I would still look at Ellie first just because the park is known and Lost World incident is more isolated. It's probably not as advertised. The general public probably doesn't know as much. Like they know some, but it was the second experience of it. And it wasn't like this, the park opening kind of deal. It was a second off island, another, another thing. Like, oh, it was just another another instance. And yeah, yeah. it did come on, on land, but still it was a second exposure to it. And it's just like how we see the movies, like the core group is the core group and the second experience people are a second experience group. And I feel like if I was in universe experiencing this live happening in my lifetime, I would still look at the three, even though Ellie didn't do as much per se, she was still was there in the core group. So automatically your mind just thinks that that holds more power and more authority and more um, value, I guess, than the second incident group. Yeah, I think that's very, very valid. You know, from an in-world experience, uh, the the original people would probably hold more of an impact for, you know, say, for instance, if you're just trying to get a, a specialist or, a, you know, yeah. somebody with experience. Even just like whatever angle they're going with, but even if it's for like publicity or just uh, media clicks or who knows what the mm-hmm. whole thing yeah, is yeah. nowadays in the universe, but they just hold more um, more popularity in the universe, I'm sure. Even if they didn't, if Ellie did nothing, like never saw a dinosaur, she was just there, yeah. she'd probably hold higher priority yeah, yeah. in the universe just because yeah, she was that's the fair. That's certainly fair. And I, I think, though, that like looking at the experiences from the outside, I really feel like if you're if you're making a, a, a team, I feel like unfortunately you got to leave Ellie off and take Sarah, like because look at she survived on an island by herself for however long, and then um, yes she made some dumb choices along the way uh, with the blood on the jacket and and probably a few other things that I can't think of off the top of my head, but you know they tracked down that that baby she she tranked the dinosaur and ended the situation, the T-Rex, like she really killed it. Like out there, she was, she was somebody, she might be top of your list. I'm not sure if there's somebody you would want 
more top of your list than her. <laughs> you know, she's really got it. So I, I, I do find the whole Ellie thing interesting now that I look at it from mm-hmm. from the outside here. So well, it, it is really interesting. depends on what they're using them for. I mean, once we see her purpose, then I guess we can of course, say yeah. if it was um, what you just said, if it, if it falls under my category, your category, it definitely depends on what they're used for. And that's yeah. if it's a criticism of if she's should be there or not. And also speaking to the point of like um, sort of like the divorce is, it, you know, in the families and stuff like that. And also this this discussion here is like leaving out certain things from sequels is always it always bugs me. Like when you don't mention this or that, um, like, for instance, if they just make no mention of. Ellie's family or anything like that. I might be a little bummed that there's no reference to like what happened here, especially if they ignore it and just have them together, like her and Grant. Like that mm-hmm. would really blow my mind as I to how dumb that is. Like a line in or something. Yeah, and, and if they don't mention like, uh, I mean, I guess it depends on the situation why, but like, I don't know if they don't mention. Sarah and maybe her missing or her not being a part of this, I would be like, why? Why is she not there? Blah, blah, blah. But maybe it'll make sense in the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like if you got to include all these people, you got to include her. You know, I feel like you could leave off Nick Nick Van Owen. Like, mm-hmm. he, he didn't really, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you could leave him off. But Sarah's a different story. Yeah, I mean, that's valid. That's a valid point for sure, so... Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the, the marriages, I, I, I would honestly hope that Ellie is still with Mark, even though I, I really hate that that even happened in the first place. Um, I would love to see grown up Charlie, you know, we got a good look at him and, uh, the other kid, I don't even know what, what was that one's name? Was there another, there was another one, right? Yeah, Um, there were a couple. So I don't know. I don't even know what that kid's name is. Um, but I would like to see a grown-up Charlie or something like that. Like, I'd like to, like to see them, you know, spend some more time and, and acknowledge all these different things throughout the universe. That would be great. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I've yet to figure out how they'll be involved. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really curious. Then once we know, then we can judge the heck out of it and be like, why are you oh, yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think that uh, probably covers it. Thank you, Caleb. That was an interesting debate that we have going on here. I know we're on separate sides now, Jen. You 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 just you want to wreck that family. I know. I do. I really do. The universe <laughs> needs to be realigned. I mean, it's either wreck the family or wreck the universe. And right now, the universe is yep. wrecked. So that's, that's... I just I just look out for the greater greater good of the humanity. That's a good point. <laughs> Next up, we have an email from Thomas. It says, I know I'm listening to the episode a little late, but I just heard a question about details that you missed but later realized. When Jennifer gave her answer, I realized that I had come to the conclusion as well. In the climax of almost every film, it is either nighttime or raining. Jurassic Park, Rex Breakout, raining. Nighttime. The Lost World, Jurassic Park, uh, trailer attack, raining. Nighttime. San Diego, nighttime. Jurassic Park 3, raining, nighttime. Jurassic World, nighttime. Fallen Kingdom, raining, nighttime. Sincerely, Thomas. So that's it. That's just an observation. I I think that's astute. Yeah, 
I think my, my my biggest problem, I think, when we wrap this up was that in Jurassic World, it was daylight one scene and nighttime the next scene. And you don't know what happened in between there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are little details that you just don't pay attention to, unfortunately. You just it happens. And then you're like, oh, wait, I didn't even think of why it happened or, or where we are in the timeline. You know, like hours pass and you don't even realize sometimes. Um, so it's such a, a little detail that you just don't even realize sometimes. So I uh, I love personally the inclusion of rain and nighttime elements. I, I love that. I kind of wish that, you know, Jurassic World had that rain. Um, you know, all the other ones do. So where's the rain in Jurassic World? Um, it, it seems like it did rain because... It's all wet. The puddles. Yeah, yeah there were it's, puddles. It's but, all um, wet during that fight, but what, where is the rain? That's that's a good observation there. But I actually like the no rain. It's refreshing since we always see rain, and it's hard to see things in the rain anyway. And it looked fine without rain, and I, the puddles were there, so it implies that it did rain at some point. Yeah, but. yeah, it did. It was raining if at some point or another, but um. I, uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't really bother me all that much, but I, I would have liked to have maybe seen it with rain, but, um, it's, I think it looks great without it too. Um, so yeah, nice observations there. Um, let's move on to another email from Andrew. Uh, this says, Hey Brad, uh, what is your opinion on the Raptor featured in Camp Cretaceous trailer? From what we know, Jurassic World excuse me, <clears throat> seems to imply that the four Raptor squad members were the only Raptors on Isla Nublar. The Raptor does look a lot like Charlie or Delta, but we know that both of them died before the end of the movie. There has been speculation that Echo could have survived, but the Raptor doesn't have Echo's patterning. Um, the other possibility is that the other Raptors on the other on the islands were rejects from other trials shown in video clips in Fallen Kingdom. If that is the case, I wonder if they also have names too. What is your opinion? Also, do you have a favorite Raptor Squad member? I always have a spot, a soft spot for Delta. Hope you have a roaring good week. Thanks, Andrew. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on that uh, Raptor? Do you do you happen to have any conclusion as to who it could be or or what it is? Um, I don't know. You give your first. I want to say that Echo is my favorite Raptor, but you go you go on with with your thing. Hmm. Okay, so I have come to the conclusion that it it looks like Charlie. If you if you pay attention to the color and specifically the striping, um, all the all the Raptors have a, a little bit different striping and stuff going on. Um, and I know a lot of people are are convinced it was Delta. It does, you know, it kind of looks like Delta, but really does have the striping of Charlie. Um, so that's why I've kind of landed on Charlie. Um. But huh. yeah, the fact that uh, you know the Raptor squad died there, aside from Blue, yeah. really messes with things. Um, and the fact that none of the Raptors are loose ever, um, you know, before Jurassic World takes place, and also we never see the talking about daytime, nighttime, we never see Charlie in the daytime loose, you know, in in the wilderness or in the jungle right. by herself. So that shot was specifically daytime, um, and it does look like Charlie. So when was this? Is it just in some longer enclosure that we don't know about? Um, was there an incident before this all took place that maybe Charlie got out? Does this trailer teaser 
is it just something fully created for a teaser? It doesn't have nothing to do with the show. That's a possibility as well. I actually did not think about this. So that's a very good question. I mean, I don't, I didn't even question it. I was like, Oh, okay. There's a wrap. Like I didn't didn't even question (laughs) like, where does it come from? Cause we were just talking about the timeline and the waterfalls, but I didn't even think, Oh, that's odd that that would be happening at that moment. Like, I don't know. I didn't even think about it. And maybe, maybe it's another one just for the story. Maybe. I don't know. That's I a would, good observation and question though. Yeah. I would love it to be a different Raptor, you know? Uh, I um, think it is a different Raptor. I would love that, but I don't know. I, I don't think it is just because it looks so much like Charlie. Um, and I know <laughs> that universal loves the Raptor squad. So, their inclusion here would would make a lot of sense, but it would certainly have to take place before, you know, Jurassic World. Um, so yeah, and like I yeah, why is so. it Fingers running crossed. around? Yeah, I don't. I really hope it does take place before because that gives you so many possibilities to to, um, you know, think about with the Raptor Squad. Now I know they're only what like three years old or something, right? Um, I believe. I think. I don't know. It's, it's on the top of my head. I'm thinking that's around the time that they were born, maybe 2012. But don't quote me on this. I have no idea. I'm just making it up on the spot. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's possible that it could be Charlie, but I would love it to be a wild raptor, um, something we don't know about, or maybe, yeah, maybe an experiment, um, you know, a reject or something that they discarded that maybe got loose and they just thought was dead or something like that. Like, that would be interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I just think yeah, I that uh, it's probably Charlie. And as far as my favorite Raptor Squad member, um, uh, you know, I'm just gonna go with uh, Blue. I think I think Blue is my favorite. I love Blue. I love the character. Um, I love the the look. Delta pl- probably a close second. Echo deserves all the love because she gets none. So that's yeah, that's mine. Yeah, you know, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like Echo probably would fall lowest on the list. It's hard to say. It's really sad. And I think that's a really pretty raptor. I mean, if you look at the colors, like the the brown, and it's more unique. And I really like the colors of Echo. And she just looks like a sad raptor because she has like scratches and just just, like she had a hard life and she's never really has any point. Like whenever they show the screen of the raptors, she's usually cut off and it's just like I identify with that. You know, for as much as I said before that that Universal loves the Raptor Squad, they really didn't give them enough credit or enough time. You know, like I would love to see more in-depth looks at them. You know, we got a few really quickly like in their harnesses and stuff like that. But like I want to see like some real time spent on the Raptor Squad. Yeah. I mean, it's really just the blue show at this point. Yeah. Which I mean, you know. It should be, I guess, but um, I really like. I know a lot of people don't feel for the other Raptors, but every time one of those gets like killed off, like oh, I really hurts me. Like especially after Fallen Kingdom, like knowing that he really does care about oh. these animals and, and and the the lengths he went to train them and to befriend them, essentially. Um, seeing that one, you know, whichever one it is, I, I'm so lost at this point. But the one that blew up, like. Oh man, that just kills That's me. That's hard because it, it even like 
recognizes him and he like smiles and I'm like, hey. And he's so it's it's the Brachiosaurus on the deck. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like a much more subtle version of it. Like but it hurts me. It really does, but it goes by so fast and like Owen just like looks so thrown off and shocked and horrified all at the same time. So I really feel for him in that moment. But yeah, I don't know. I, I want more from the Raptor squad. Like and I think this is a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. I think they'll probably will do that. They'll they'll milk they'll milk that. Yeah. So thank you, Andrew. Let's move on here to I'm gonna say our final email. We've got other stuff, but uh yeah, we're we're coming up on an hour and a half already and um we're gonna cut it off with this last email from Rowan and it says, Hey guys, it's Rowan. I don't know if it's I don't think it's the same one. I think it's a different one. But um I'm I've been thinking about Fallen Kingdom and the dynamic between Maisie and the Indoraptor. They both are genetically engineered, possibly around the same time, Maisie being a little older. Do you think when the auctioneer says at the auction, made from two of the most dangerous creatures ever to walk the earth, does that mean the Velociraptor and maybe human DNA? I think introducing human DNA into a dino is an interesting aspect to explore. Not humanoid-looking dinos, but basic human-level intelligence. I could see a movie that goes along the lines of a story by Dean Koontz called Watchers. The, there's a golden retriever, uh, golden retriever integrated with human DNA and human intelligence designed in a lab with another DNA experiment gone wrong that has a sort of kinship with the dog, but wants to find it and kill it because it's jealous of it. Oh, hmm. the dog and the monster escape. And of course, the monster terrorizes everyone and wants to get the dog. Curious to hear your thoughts on a plot line that takes this route with Maisie and a new, maybe even more deranged raptor type dinosaur. Thanks. Um, wow. Wow. That's that's brutal. That's interesting. I don't know if that's a Jurassic movie, but that's interesting. I, I don't know. I'm the weirdo here who is more interested in um, just like the ethics of things and like the power struggle of man and creating things that they can't control and stuff like that. And so when we're getting into the, the human DNA thrown in and, and like the bigger monsters thrown in, we're moving in a way that doesn't interest me as much. I mean, it has a place just not a place in these movies for me anyway. So I don't know if I would like that in these kinds of movies. How are you on the human DNA thing? Hmm. Um, I don't really see a benefit for it overall. Um, yeah, we're smart. We're pretty smart, but uh, the rap or the dinosaurs have, have shown that they're pretty smart as well already. And, and certainly very many animals have shown that they're incredibly smart. Um, I don't really need, I know it's, I know he's not taking it to this level, but like, I don't really need like a raptor to do math or something. Like, I don't know how much smarter it needs to get. Um, you know, especially like the raptors themselves from the very start without really, delving too much into the hybrid aspects, even though we know that they really kind of have been, um, you know, they were smart enough back then in 1993, they were able to do stuff that, you know, was unexpected. And we we already talked about the intelligence earlier of, of the JP three ones and, and how like natural they were intelligent. Like it was such a natural intelligence. So, um, 
I don't really feel like we need human DNA introduced, um, Mm -hmm. but I could certainly see people wanting it. And I have heard a lot of people, you know, speculate on maybe it was introduced in, in certain aspects. I think, did somebody even talk about it here? I think on the, maybe on one of the, like the last mailbag, maybe somebody even mentioned it. Um, something from Dr. Wu, um, maybe it was like something he introduced, but yeah, I, I don't remember, but I think somebody did recently. Um, so it's certainly something that people are talking about and speculating. So I just don't see what the benefit is, um, really, because they're already I pretty mean, smart. And they already, um, and you can't even go the other way because they're already debating the whole cloning of people itself. And then, I mean, just mixing it together just really takes away from what Jurassic is at this point, I think. And it's, it would really it would just muddy up the waters in a non-interesting way. I think as far where we are right now, I, I don't think it'd be beneficial. So I do think that there is an interesting discussion, which we've partially had here before about the intelligence relationship though, between Maisie and the dinosaurs. Um, oh yeah. Specifically like they really do showcase it in fallen kingdom. Like when she is watching the training Mm -hmm. on screen and you see her doing the same neck motions as the dinosaurs in, and Owen, it really makes that connection. It's a literal connection right there. So is there more to that? I don't know. I mean, you know, say for instance, say for instance, Maisie is caught out in the open, you know, with a dinosaur. Can she just talk to it? You know, I know it sounds Mm. crazy, but can, does she have some sort of, relationship like the raptors do with the indominus like you know is she the indominus is she the alpha you know is there some kind of relationship there i think could that could be explored maybe it could be i don't know if i like it that much though i I feel like that's an i feel like if that happens it would be everyone kind of roll their eyes i remember whenever we saw the film and a lot of people were commenting about whenever it zoomed in on her face and if like her eye was going to go reptile or something and i remember them thinking like please don't do that and they didn't and they're like thank goodness they didn't do that and i feel like if they do connect that you know and because right now we're broken into this is a, a human clone and this is a dinosaur clone and if they mix them at all i feel like people are just going to be like oh come on like they couldn't think of anything better like it would just get a lot of criticism and i don't think many people it would either be too predictable or many people just don't want that and they're hoping it doesn't happen it's just like the idea that i got whenever at the end whenever they learned she was a clone i think they're just like no please don't make her part dinosaur or anything so i don't think it's a popular idea that people want yeah i I mean theoretically there's a chance that Wu could have messed with the dna on his own accord but really Maisie is a story about you know benjamin lockwood being very upset and losing his his daughter and wanting to recreate her so and essentially there shouldn't be anything between him and hammond like that's their story and i like that i like that he was so desperate and hammond was they went different directions so i i like that aspect of it a lot and yeah if they add the whole dinosaur thing in it it just messes that up too yeah i mean she should be natural there shouldn't really Mm -hmm. be anything outrageous about her outside of you know, for instance, I think maybe we've talked about this before, but, 
you know, maybe there's some some disease embedded into these dinosaurs that she contracts as well, you know, from for some odd reason. Um, that could come into play somehow. But um, that's about as far as I would expect it to go. I think she'll be pretty natural. I think she's just a real a real human girl. <laughs> like, I don't think there's much more to her, I hope at least. Um, but I think the comparison will stop at the reflection in the glass, you know? I think that's yeah, about me it. Too. Yeah, me too. But really, there is a lot of discussion to be had with this kind of conversation between these things here. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if they'll take it any further. I mean, I don't think we're going to see any more hybrids as far as, you know, Colin is kind of relayed. Um, it doesn't really seem like that's the case, but who knows? Right. You know, there's... There's also other companies out there that could be producing these things or failed experiments or whatever. But um, I mean, we don't, don't even know. know how much Maisie's involved in the next film. Like, she just might be there a little bit, or she might be a huge plot point, or there might be all these secrets attached that we're going to find out. Like, we have no idea her place and how much it revolves around her, if at all. Yeah, I mean, I hope she's there quite a bit. I, I really do. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they what they do. I'm really, I'm really curious to see because there's so many angles as as just if we're coming up with and people are throwing out mailbag things that they're coming up with and there's so many angles. I'm really curious to see yeah. which one because I mean, with like we said before, Fallen Kingdom volcano was never on our spectrum, so who knows? Yeah, and I think we've kind of like nailed the fact that I feel like it needs to be more human centered and hu- human, uh, like human. Um, focused in in terms yeah. of the relationships and the discussions and all that stuff. Yes, and specifically with Maisie, like think about her being the person who hit that button and opened up the gates and let the dinosaurs out. Now, fast forward a few years or, or who, who knows, like she has to deal with that. Yes, she feels relief that she didn't kill these things, but she, everything else is on her. You know, all the consequences of that decision are – on her you know yes she she is like them and all that but like the second a dinosaur kills a human it's on her i think we talked about this before um but i'm gonna bring it up again that i know our thing is claire and politics is kind of our or i think my or our way that we're kind of thinking about it and it would be really interesting for her to have a mission so i know we've i've been talking about having her have important information, her have a, a, like ulterior motives, and her having more power, and just more more things, more layers, more things going on. And if she ha- kind of takes the fall or protects Maisie in a way that maybe she claims that she did the button, or like she has to do something in some way to protect Maisie from being in trouble for the button, like that would be interesting. Yeah, and have um... have like layers of of that in there. I guess it all depends on were they ever noticed, you know, because everybody that they dealt with is dead. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, were they caught on security footage? Do well, her do fingerprints they, could be on the, button. yeah, her, that's, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I would assume there's a security, you know, camera somewhere in there that would have caught them and, you know, seen them. And then, you know, uh, 
uh, what do you call it? Authorities probably watched everything and, and, you know, yeah. And I mean, clear, they know they were place, in, the, you know, they know they're in the building. They know that the girl exists, I, I guess. Um, cause I guess he was trying to give her a normal life. So she had to have kind of been existing and normal and not just hidden away, I, I would think. So, um, yeah, that I think they would have to know. And I would, I like the, you know, I don't like maternal Claire very much, but if she's, really like taking the fall for her kind of and then having to be in a higher position to do that and then have all this like baggage and then all these ulterior motives and trying to like just protect her at all costs plus the dinosaur thing like i think i wouldn't hate that that would be interesting yeah Yeah, i think that would be interesting as well I, i you know i could definitely see her taking the fall but like I, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, you would have to be caught in the act somehow, but not caught in enough that they knew you pressed the button. So, yeah, I mean, maybe they just passed a camera somewhere along the way and, you know, somebody noticed that or, or whatever. But um, I I could see it going either way where, you know, she does take the fall or they do know that she's involved. And I could also see them saying, like, nobody ever knew they that they were there. So they just rode off into the sunset and you know, started their own lives. Um, but I, yeah, I, I find it interesting to now talk about like how much of Maisie was left behind, you know, like what do they know? What, what was left behind? Cause as far as we know, the only thing that really was there was the book. Right. And she took that. Uh, did she take that? Right. I mean, it had mm-hmm. to have gone. Oh, Oh yeah. We don't know where it went though. It's kind of disappeared. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I, what was the last time we saw it? Was when she got in the elevator, or yeah, she's in the dumbwaiter. Yeah, so that's it. Still in the dumbwaiter. Uh, that's one of those things that, like, you know, she never, you never saw it on her. But then, like at the end of the movie, you could just see her pulling it out of like her shirt or, or like a mm-hmm. a pocket, and you're like, that was never there the whole time. You know, <laughs> it's like sort of like a movie, like somebody jumps into a water and then they pull out like a magazine and they're like, look, it's still intact. And you're like, what is <laughs> how that doesn't make any sense. Um, but, um, you know, I could see them just saying like, Oh, she has a book. There's no trace of Maisie left around outside of these pictures that like just show that it was his daughter, you know, and she's dead. So I don't know. There's a chance that, you know, uh, he, um, Lockwood or Mills left no trace behind. That's a very good question. Like, we really don't know. It could go either way. Yeah. It yeah. really could go either way. Plus, uh, yeah, um, that's interesting. What's her name? Um, you know, uh, Iris is out there somewhere, right? Oh, yes. Yes. So, yes. I mean, she, she, you know, died in, in behind the scenes stuff, but never, that was never on film. So who knows what she's out there saying? Um, I know. Or keeping I mean, secret, you know? That's very true because that's a huge – actually, that's a huge thing to show or not show because that is – that now there's a witness and somebody who knows things out there compared to just killing her off and really killing all links to the to the manor there. So that is a very good point that they cut that out. And I guess it could have just been like a timing thing, or, but who knows? I mean, that's an important plot point to include or not include because yeah. that changes vastly. So that's a very good point. Yeah, so right now we got Dr. Wu, he knows, Iris knows, and uh, Claire and Owen. So 
who knows? <laughs> I don't know what's going to yeah. happen, but I, I'm excited by this discussion. I think like DNA, the intelligence, how would this all relates? What is Maisie's place in all this? Um, I love it. I love it all. So I'm, I'm excited to find out. And I, this episode, I feel like has really like talked about Jurassic World 3 and where we're going. And I feel like people are, are starting to get the ball rolling when it comes to ideas and theories and and we're really getting there so uh, i'm excited by it we're getting close it's gonna happen sometime soon we're gonna find out stuff and we're gonna we're gonna get the ball rolling even farther so thank you rowan for that uh for that email i'm excited man this is this is great i know i mean by next jurassic june we'll have a probably good idea of what we're looking at oh yeah (laughs) i'm excited for that i you know what 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 are we expecting early next year to start filming yeah probably yeah so thank you everybody this has been another i think fantastic jurassic mailbag i think this is a really good one we i think we actually answered some questions today we kind of stayed on the rails yeah every now and then we do every now and then bizarre I don't know if people like the rails or they like crazy off the rails. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but they had both choices here. They yeah. got an on the rails this month. This this was a fully on the rails. We we got it back. We're, who knows what next month's going to be? August? I don't know. I can't uh, can't guarantee it'll be on the rails. But uh, we, we did a good job, I think. So How on earth is it going to be August on the next mailbag? That's insane. That's approaching and, football season. And you know what's interesting is... You know, by that point, maybe we'll have some answers on, um, you know, the battle at Big Rock. That could be that could be fun discussions for next month. Um, it might not be timing wise um, working out, but uh, it'll be right around then, and we'll have a lot of answers. So I'm excited, man! I am so excited to find out what we're what's what's going on. Um, and yeah, if you guys want to get in touch with us, make sure to leave us a voicemail, uh, 732-825-7763. You can send us an MP3 um, to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Notice I'm focusing on the voice messages. Make sure to do that because um, <laughs> no, my voice very much is raw at the moment. So, <laughs> uh, But you can also email us and let us know what you think in an email. Uh, at that same email email address or on our website, we have that contact form. You can actually just fill it out, leave your information in there, and we'll read it on the show. And uh, I uh, I love it. So keep them coming. I'm sure we we actually have more in the pipeline uh, pipeline already. So we just couldn't get to everybody's today. So thank you everybody for doing this. Thank you, Jen. Where can everybody uh, find you online? Um, you could find me at Jennifer underscore Lynn 89 at the race Story network at Meet network and at the Jurassic vault at Jurassic vault. Yes, please go find all those things. That's, that's awesome. You're, you're a busy person. Like, I don't I know. know how you do it either. I don't either. I make more work for myself. 99% of the time. Anyway, I say, I'm going to do this easy thing. And then like six months later, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> story of my life (laughs) well if you want to hate yourself just keep piling on one thing after another and you can be just like jen (laughs) (laughs) that's what i do thank you so much enjoy everything that i'm doing please (laughs) yes please go enjoy it because she's she's doing great work and uh i'm excited to see what comes next each and every month so next month in august there'll be one more thing probably on top of that list so keep your eyes peeled Yes. (laughs) But thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. And uh, what do you say we head out of here? Bye.
We're heading out. Let's do it. See ya. Bye. Thank you so, so much to Jennifer for joining me here today in the Jurassic Mailbag. I just, I love this segment so much. And I love the connection it creates with all of you. Um, and it's just, it really is special having that that bond between the listeners and the hosts and stuff like that. And, you know, you guys requesting questions and, and just talking to us. I, I really love that. I think it's awesome. Whether it's an email, I know I always you know, poke fun at that, but it's, it's just me poking fun. I don't really care all that much. Um, but I I love the emails. I love the voicemails. Um, and I, I love, you know, just hanging out with Jen, you know, having a great time together. Um, and, uh, you know, now that she's settled in, she's married, you know, she's, she's, she's a professional now. So we're going to answer all these questions because we did it. We answered them all. I think we did a good job. We actually did it this time, which is unheard of, right? Right? I mean, you don't expect that from us, but I guess every now and then we find a little bit of uh, strength to pull through. But of course, thank you to all of you for writing in and doing all the things that we ask. We really, really do appreciate it. And it helps make this segment so, so much fun. Like I said, I I love the segment and it's just a blast because of all of you. So keep it up. And uh, like I always say in the beginning, if you want to be a part of the next mailbag, just call our voicemail line 732-825-7763. Email us to audiophiles, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, or you can head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and fill out the contact form to send us that email. So do those things, and we'll hear from you guys next time. Um, And, you know, if anything, Jen and Josh's wedding really shows us that, you know, these little connections that we make online become so big and flourish into something truly amazing. So reach out. Call. You never know what kind of interaction you may have. And, of course, here on the mailbag, it's it's always a, 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 a mix-mosh of... Mix-mosh? Is that a thing? I don't know. See? That's exactly what I'm talking about. You just never know what you're going to get. <laughs> but it is that time again. We're going to go ahead and read some reviews. So... Let's change it up and head over to the UK Apple Podcasts and uh, take a look at this review (laughs) here from Steve underscore 52551987. Hey, man. Too long. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Is this all right? Is this what's happening here? Hold on. Hold on. Let's do this the right way. In East of America, born and raised in the basement is where he spends most of his days. Chilling out, editing, chatting, JP is about some films that we've all since... (laughs) I can't do it. I'm just going to read it. All right, so... In East of America, born and raised in the basement is where he spends most of his days chilling out and editing and chatting JP about the films we've all loved since circa 93 with his coffee in his hand and his dunes pulled up, hit the recording button and his face lit up. 
He released one little episode and his wife got scared and said, I'm never going to see you when you're living down there. He tweeted for members and his messages swarmed. He got them all on and the contributors were formed. He talked about Malcolm, Tim Lex, and Zach and Gray. And the great quotes we heard, life finds a way. <laughs> now, four years on, it's hitting 200 how did it go on so long? He wondered, looking all the way back, he was very happy to be loving all Jurassic except JP3. So, Steve. Gotta take my headphones off because I'm not a DJ. Um, or an MC. There. <laughs> Steve. What are you trying to do to me? Huh? I mean, that's a great review. I mean, I don't, actually, it wasn't a review, but you know what? I deserved it. Yeah. I mean, I did ask everybody to just send in whatever pretty much last week. So, yeah. Yeah. You did. You did. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> I attempted that. I attempted it many times and I failed and I couldn't read it that fast because you know me and reading emails, it doesn't work. So I I tried. I tried to get the whole thing and then I had to say, scratch that. Nah, I can't do it. So, oh gosh, Steve. Next up, sticking with the UK uh, reviews here. So this one comes from Spurs for Life 79. And uh, this this is a uh, this one goes all the way back to the beginning of the show, and it's it's a full one star, <laughs> a one star review from Spurs for Life seventy nine. Thank you, Spurs for Life seventy nine. Uh, this review says I gave the podcast a chance, and I listened to the first six episodes, but could not go on any longer. <laughs> it feels too rehearsed slash scripted. And is not enjoyable at all. There are plenty of other Jurassic podcasts that you're better off killing time with. So, there we go. That's from Spurs for Life 79. I am just nailing it today with all the reviews. So, you know, I I do appreciate it. You know, I actually 100% agree with this this review. That I, I agree with it. it. He was right. He was so right. I'm assuming he. But um, Spurs for Life fan here, 79, whatever, uh, was right on the mark. The first many episodes were very uh, rehearsed, scripted. Actually, the the, the first 190-something were very scripted. I mean, this these are scripted as well, but um, much more off the cuff than usual. But I, I obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the early episodes were not great and i always cringe a little bit when when everybody says that they're going back to the beginning um i really appreciate you listening from the beginning a lot of you and going back and missing the episodes that you you didn't hear um but yeah for me it's like oh gosh oh gosh i was i ah i can't i can't i can't listen to them and look at this Almost two episode, two hundred episodes, and I'm just straight up yawning because I it's t- it's twelve twenty five, and I'm recording this for some reason. <laughs> I look, I said I had a busy week, so 
this is this is what happens uh but yeah i uh i get it now i'm gonna get one star reviews because like they're gonna be like well this guy just rambles and yawns so that's uh that's my reviews for this week so and the thing is these uk reviews are severely lacking guys i know more than 14 people in the uk personally so what's what's going on guys how where's the reviews no i'm kidding um but no i'm not kidding though because there's only 14 reviews but um hopefully you know all you people out there in the uk can find some time to leave us a review because with that one star it's not boating so well it's not it's just not uh we got 13 five stars but so that's good but it's 14 reviews in the uk you guys come on pull through get those reviews in would really like to see them um and i really appreciate it if you just take you know five minutes not even five minutes just three minutes two minutes one minute it's very quick just to go ahead and leave that review ask steve he wrote he well that maybe took a little bit longer uh, he legit wrote out lyrics centered around me in this podcast and uh, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much to everybody who left a review. Um, I'll get to a lot of them. There's reviews all over the world. I hope to find time to get to all of these. That'll be awesome. Um, because, yeah, I don't actually ever check them out like in the other in the other countries. So I'm going to start doing that from now on and start reading them for you guys. Um, but, yeah, really appreciate it. But this week, uh, it's July 4th weekend uh, coming up here in the United States. So uh, for everybody out there celebrating and having a good time, just be careful, be safe. Uh, you know, stay safe out there on the roads. If you're if you're shooting off fireworks here, uh, stay safe as well. Don't please, please don't, you know, do anything too crazy with those fireworks. I want I want I want you all intact hitting that play button next week. <laughs> on the podcast so please take it easy this weekend have fun celebrate have a great time and be safe let's roll the outro Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. please give us a follow on twitter at jurassic park pod and myself at brad jost also on facebook and instagram at jurassic park podcast don't forget to join the jurassic park podcast group on facebook you can listen to us on apple podcasts google play spotify youtube our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.